Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Steve Maxwell Drums Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on our website at www.maxwelldrums.com and then our reverb stores at Steve Maxwell Drums-Chicago and Steve Maxwell Drums-New York. We also have social media, uh, two Instagram accounts, at Maxwell Drum Shop Chicagoland and then at Maxwell Drum Shop. And then also on Facebook, Steve Maxwell and Steve Maxwell Drum Shop. And then, of course, check us out on Twitter at Maxwell Drum Shop. We will interview players, collectors, drum and cymbal builders, and also teachers about all things percussion. And you can go to YouTube if you want to see the video. We'll have pictures of drum shops, of drum sets, badges, cymbals, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's get started. We hope you enjoy it. So three, two, one. Randy Rainwater. <laughs> What's happening, man? How you doing, Steve? Well, this was a long time coming getting here today. Yeah, absolutely. How was the drive over? Well, not bad. Not bad. It was, you know, a little crazier than what I expected, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, you know, it didn't hit too much traffic. A guy uh, that wasn't aware that they raised the speed limit from 55 to 75, <laughs> which is 75, you're standing still on 90 anymore, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what city are you coming from? Uh, Rockford. And that's Rockford and, yeah. Some really cool uh, the tip, the tip top of Illinois. There, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> it's a cool town. I, I used to go to uh, a really great uh, audio guy out there. You've probably been to the place before. I, I brought it up to you before, and I couldn't remember the name. Mark of it. Peabody. Maybe. He, I know he helped your dad with the studio here. Those big well, speakers. Yeah. Okay, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Mark yeah. Peabody, great guy. Yeah, yeah. It's great to say his name because yeah. I haven't been there for years, so I forgot his oh, name. But gr- great guy. It's great yeah. to what? It's something audio. What's his place called? Well, again? it used it's... to be Video Lab. Now it's yeah, something okay. audio. I think there was not much call <laughs> nice. for the video stuff anymore. Sure. You know, fixing VCRs. You know, and <laughs> I still have a VCR. <laughs> I got one here. Um, but yeah, well, it's no, working. He's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, you. Um, this is this is great to do because I know you pretty well. I mean, we've been like, like kind of across from each other at drum shows for yeah, 20 bumping years. into each other at the drum show for <laughs> ten years at least. But I, I've never really sat down for too long and talked with you. It's always my dad. I'm sure has before, but so I'm actually gonna learn a lot of a lot of cool stuff. I, yeah, can I can I ask you some questions it's about sure, like sure, your, your past sure, and everything? Yeah, I just. You know. <laughs> The drum show was pretty hectic to sit down and have a conversation, and I'm oh, it's possible. I'm extra yeah. ADD when I get to the drum show because there's a <laughs> hundred things going on that I'm trying to all right. take it in all at the same time. Yeah, it's quite so. an environment. <laughs> I I really really enjoy it though. Oh, I live for it. Yeah, I do. I I literally you know I was like I can miss Christmas, but I can't miss the drum show. Sure, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, man. So so um, maybe we can start with like. Uh, Where'd you grow up? Yeah. Uh, Rockford. So you're Rockford. Uh, I've been born, born and raised in <laughs> Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. Home of the Estwing Hammer and Mrs. <laughs> Fisher's Potato Chips. Oh. And Cheap Trick. <laughs> yeah, Cheap Trick for sure. And so um, then drums, was that like your first instrument that you got into? Well, here's this is the weird thing. It was I kind of went kicking and screaming into being a drummer. Okay. If you want to call me a drummer. Um, my brother was the musician who saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan when he was like 13, 12 or 13 years old. And my other brother was kind of a hot rod guy, gearhead. Nice. <laughs> so I was like always trying to, I was more of into art and stuff like that. And I was never pursued playing the drums, even though my brother had a band in the basement. And I was always just like, you know, he was a bass player and guitar player back then. 
And, um, but I was always attracted to the, you know, watching the drummer and playing the drums. And sure. finally, later on, I borrowed his old kit because he'd been a drummer, house drummer at a place for a few years. And, and I ended up borrowing his drums when I was young. And I learned just enough to, you know, make noise. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, fast forward to, um, you know, I could play just a little bit. And these guys asked me to be in their band. Nice. So I, I had a few cocktails at a party and got up and played drums with a punk rock band. Okay, punk and, rock uh, band. Eh? And uh, like, what year would this be? Ooh, like eighties, early eighties. Okay. And uh, and they were like, you know, next time our drummer throws a fit, let's get that Randy guy in our band. Nice. Because he was prone to, you know, getting pissed off and throwing his sticks down and leaving. And and then, so the next time he quit, they let him stay quit. Yeah. And I became their drummer and. That's great. So you were you were doing some like punk stuff. Yeah, it was just garage band, sure, you know stuff. And the one guy wrote, he wrote I used good to hang words. Out with a lot of punks you know? back in my high school days. Yeah, yeah it wasn't always in tune, but it was. You know, he kind of kind of had cool stories in his songs. Nice. So I've played some bands like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great fun. But just the whole exercise of of uh, of playing music is just such a healthy thing to do. I think for anybody like stress release and like. I but always punk in, in particular, <laughs> a yeah. lot of stress release there. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I always tell everybody, I said, you know, I, I, um, I was kind of awkwardly shy. I, I'm kind of still a shy guy in the right situation, but I'm a little more mouthy than I ever was, you know, but, um, I, I told everybody, I said my first gig out in public at a bar, I, I walked in one person and walked out another. Okay. Because it was, you know, as soon as the somebody in the bar went, yeah, woo, you know, yeah. when the band ended a song, that was just, I, you know, it kind of, it changed me. I was into it. Nice. And uh, do you remember what your band was called? Pinewood Box. Pinewood Box. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were, it's a little we were really goth, but we were kind of had that sure, vibe dark, going yeah. on long before <laughs> yeah. goth. And uh, we drove up in an old hearse. Oh, that's awesome, man. And uh, what do you, so, you, you were doing that for a while, and then uh, was it a long-lived band? No, not for me. Uh, I quit after a couple of years, a couple, three years. And hmm. and um, and then uh, jammed with a couple different people. And then I kind of, we kind of formed Band of the Lost. Um, okay. Around 80, 88. Who knows? Maybe maybe some people. Uh... And we're still we're still Band of the Lost, the same guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some listeners might might know about you guys based yeah. out of Rockford. Yeah, and then there's a couple probably seen us. That's about it. You know, we're yeah. not a hardworking band. We got probably... some stuff like material up that we can uh, post a link to. <laughs> I don't know anymore. We used to have a website that had a bunch of songs on it. Every page was a different song. Well, we'll try and find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I should I should try to find it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, yeah, no other this. But I've been in a, some other bands since then and stuff. And, nice. That's awesome. And then, so what about the uh, like the the drum bug, like collecting all that kind of kind of well, stuff? I, how, how did that? You said your your one of your brothers was kind of a hot rug. My one bar, my one brother was a you know like always working on cars and stuff, and the other one was a musician. So sure. I kind of resisted doing that because everybody always had this. Oh, he's trying to be like his brother. Okay. You know, <laughs> so I never really pursued learning to play the drums until later on. Right. Right. And. And, um, but I bought a drum set. I bought, I was just talking to your dad about Fibes drum sets. I bought a Fibes drum set that had the metal wrap on it and the metal wrap was all screwed up. 
So okay. I was like, well, I'm going to, I got to recover this in something. And stuff wasn't readily available back then. Sure. And uh, so I covered it in this red crushed velour upholstery material. Okay. So it was like a black, a red velvet drum set. <laughs> and, um, Fife, it sounds like Fifel. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Everybody remembers that drum set. You know? <laughs> and uh, then I started like looking for other stuff to kind of, you know. But then I, but I knew enough about, you know, antiques if you want to call it that, or just different things. Not to, you know, if you buy a good drum, don't wreck it. You know, don't sure, sure. don't peel it and do stuff like that. So was so, a Fibes kit your first it, kit? That's it was my said? second kit. My first kit oh. was a Rogers kit. Okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, then I got that Fibes kit. And then I started finding stuff here and there. And you got to remember, this was back in the day when the everything was in the newspaper. Sure, well, sure. I'd get up in the morning and read the newspaper. and Like classified ads? Yeah. and um, That was the Craigslist of yeah. the old days. And, and then uh, it was also the eBay and the... Well, this was pre-eBay. This, right. this was pre-eBay, pre-Craigslist, pre... Yeah, definitely pre-reverb. Yeah. And so I was up... You know, I had to be to work at the crack of dawn, and I was already... Had the, you know, the, the classified section taken out of the paper, and calling about drum sets and everybody seemed to have a drum set in their basement in just in the way. Sure. So they were, they were, they practically pay me to take them sometimes. And this is like yeah, early eighties, yeah. you know, eighties. The, the real craze didn't happen until maybe like mid nineties. That's when the, some stuff was like, Oh, this stuff's really hard to find. And yeah. It wasn't as widespread. Rogers Dinosonic craze. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, you know, everything's kind of like slowly following the path of guitars. You know, everybody's collecting guitars and vintage guitars. And sure. And then, you know, you start meeting these different guys. The drum show was a perfect place for that. Cause you start meeting different people that are all into the same thing you're into. So, yeah, did so, you, did you uh, get to know Rob cook from his publication originally? No, uh, from the drum show. Oh, so from the drum show. So you... Uh, he was a vendor so, at the very first drum show. But Not So Modern Drummer preceded the drum show, I think, right? No. No, I think the drum show was happening before that. Because uh, well, we just... Last year was our... It would have been our 31st year. Okay. The yeah. 30th year was... Well, so like what year did you... Um, did you did you first meet Rob then? What, like that would have been the first drum show you went the, to. The, the first drum show. <laughs> a, a, a farmer that lived in Freeport Sure. Uh, West of Rockford um, decided that he wanted to learn to play drums. And did, was... did Rob publish Not So Modern Drummer? No. Who, who published Not So Modern Drummer? Um, didn't John Aldridge. John started, Aldridge, okay. Started yeah, Not yeah. So Modern Drummer. So then Rob, did, how did Rob like first get, were you part of that like first crew that got like the first drum show ever together? Yeah. Because I know that Not So Modern Drummer had a lot to do with, I, f I forgot that, that he was the guy who published it, but but that had a lot to do kind of with like the origins of the drum show, right? Uh, I think the drum show was there before Not So Modern Drummer, though. I'm not, right. yeah, because. Um, they did them in like hotels for a while. Joe was talking, it Joe was, Loma was talking. Yeah, about it was in uh, <laughs> uh, like a motor lodge, right, right. a banquet room in the basement. And uh, some of the guys that you still see at the show sure. were at that show. Um, Bunny and I had a table. Um, Chuck Scalia was there. Rob Cook had a booth with, you know, all his books, drum books. And right, right. Stuff, He's, the stuff that he had back then. Yeah, he, um, he started 
so he started coming out with those books a long, long time ago. Yeah, he's you know yeah, he was probably doing that before he did the drum show, but and then um, I got to get him in a podcast one and of then these days. <laughs> Terry Hawkins, uh, Skins and Tins. Sure, that was pretty early on from them when they first uh, bought Skins and Tins or opened Skins and Tins. That was pretty early on in there. I don't really know much, like anything about Skins and Tins. What comes the drum way? shop? A real drum shop. It's, Where was it? Uh, Champagne. Oh, okay. It closed up a year or two ago. I, I've like people have talked about it before, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I wonder yeah. what year do you think it closed? Uh, about a year or two. We bought it maybe two years ago. Oh, so this is just recently. Just recently, yeah. Because I was down there bad. like the last week that they were open, and he was kind of getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And... Yeah. But so, uh, so which year was the first drum show you went to? Probably like eighty. Jeez. <laughs> I'm trying to, I don't. <laughs> I'm not very good at math. Um, Thirty. Well, so it'd be thirty-two years ago. Uh, like a. Uh, this right about now. So. Wow. So so that's. Uh, I probably met you in like maybe the nineties. Probably this is when I was like, yeah, r- really, really young, and then. Uh, well, yeah. So, so like collecting, like what, what was the, well, we well, never like, even finished that part of the Well, yeah. I started with, you know, that fives kit. And then I had another Rogers kit, a small Rogers kit that I, I sure. got from a girl I worked with and then started answering ads in the paper and buying drums. And then somehow I earned that reputation as, you know, the guy that buys drums. Nice. You know, <laughs> I'd answer my phone. Are you the guy that buys drums? Um, yeah, I'm the guy. And even the music store, they didn't want anything to do with, Use drum sets, right? You know, it, was, it required work to put it back together, and so probably Ludwig was what you were after in uh, the beginning. I was well, like any collector, you start out buying everything, mm-hmm. you know. So I had, I had a pretty widespread selection of American drum sets. Okay, so you weren't like particular to one. one I had uh, a lot of Gretsch kits, a lot of Rogers kits, um, few Fives kits. Some stuff came and went quick. Sure. Some stuff I kept, you know, for myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your dad got a lot of my Rogers kits and a bunch of Gretsch kits from me. Um, but I, you know, you get so much stuff that you you have to somehow categorize this stuff to where you just <laughs> you have to figure out what you're going to keep and what you're going to get rid of. Do you do a lot of organizing? Like, how's your collection? Well, all? I, I, <laughs> I, I, my my organizing kind of comes get, in small spurts. I should say this. You you have one of the I mean yeah one of the very large collections of and I've never actually seen what what you have but every year you bring stuff so for everyone listening who doesn't know you at all that's why we're kind of you know <laughs> going at it with, uh, uh, with I had a uh, I had a legal pad <laughs> and I started writing down drum sets mm-hmm. that I owned kind of making a catalog sure and I was like uh, you know Blue Sparkle Ludwig I got a super classic and a downbeat and a club date and then so on and so on every color i could think of well uh this tablet got tossed to the side and and my wife said one morning she goes i found your notebook and i go why i didn't know it was lost and she goes well she goes you know you have a hundred drum sets (laughs) and i go no you're not very good at math it's impossible she goes no but i can count so she'd gone through this, and I probably numbered them, you know, who knows. And uh, <laughs> I... You never should have done that. <laughs> yeah, I never should have done that. Yeah, I was, the silliest thing you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I screwed myself. And, <laughs> and 
so she was like, Did you, get in trouble? you know, you have a hundred drum sets. <laughs> and I didn't volunteer the information that there was more drum sets that weren't in that notebook. Right. I'm not done yet. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have all the tricks on stuff in there. I didn't have all the green sparkle Ludwig stuff I've got in there. I didn't have all my radio King stuff in there. And so I was like, Oh yeah, well I got to get rid of some stuff. I, I realized that, you know, so how do you have it? Do you, do you have a lot of the kits? Like they're all, most of them are all are in cases. Oh, they're in cases. Yeah, you know, keep them from getting dusty. Yeah. <laughs> keep, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, wheeling and dealing drums, you end up with some cases as you know. Did, um, did you buy some cases for me last time? I think you yeah, might have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We got so many. <laughs> I showed you the whole, that's why we came over here. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I picked up that snare drum, that, rose pearl snare drum from your dad is it working out well <laughs> i haven't even played it yet i gotta have a gig to play a drum <laughs> ah, sure <laughs> yeah our, our, um so you said you're in a band currently right uh, sort of you know we'll always Kinda be a band <laughs> we may not play for five months but we're always a, still a band nice. you know we have a social club by our house the lithuanian club and um so our donation to the club is we set up in the bar every so often and play. Nice. So they have a fish fry. Fish fry is our opening act. And uh, so they have a fish fry, and everybody comes down and has dinner. And then, yeah. and then we move like into the fun, bar. Actually. Yeah, there's always – nobody goes hungry. And um, and we'll play in the bar. Is that like a Lithuanian thing, lots of, lots of seafood? <laughs> I, that, I don't know. I don't, it's just all the clubs, all the <laughs> ethnic clubs seem to have fish, fish fry on fry. Friday night. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not like a member of any any kind of uh, organization like that. They'll have a just know, the drum the, the drum crew. I think I remember that. <laughs> we uh, so we'll do that in the bar once in a while, and a bunch of our friends will all come down, sit in. So it's a big, you know, revolving stage of of nice. different musicians playing. A lot of hot shot guitar players and stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a good time. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, it's important to get out and. Spend time with people and play music. I remember when I uh, when I did uh, a gig after playing uh, in the last two years. Obviously, like no one did anything for about a year, and then uh, first time I went out and played in front of people, it was so great. <laughs> it's, it's, there's nothing better than yeah. the, the 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 feedback and the you know in front of a live audience. I yeah. think you know it's absolutely like I say, it changed my whole personality. Sure, you know because I would have never done this you know before that. I would have never been able to sit here and. You know, or go up in front of a room full of people and talk to them. Sure. You know, some, something like that would have, like high school. The play Oil book report, really... forget it. You know, I was like, no way am I doing that. Oh, sure. Now, you know, it's just like, can I get up and talk now? You know? That's great, man. <laughs> yeah, but like out of your shell, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. I think, I think, you know, anything like that is important, you know, especially, you know, you know playing music. Sure. You know, for kids, you know, I, I, I get a lot of parents buying drum sets for their kids. Okay. You know, they want to, you know, they don't want to spend a fortune. And I have a lot of $300 drum sets. And they'll be like, oh, I don't know about all that racket in the house. You know, I don't want want a drum set in the house. Sure. And, you know, and uh, that was one thing. My parents were always real supportive. My That's brother cool. had a band playing in the basement when I was a kid growing up. And they were always real supportive of any endeavor we you know took on that's know, great yeah that was, they were always real good about that. lucky to have uh parents that, that can support you obviously yeah my parents were very uh positive about about music in the house i, I would <laughs> imagine i would hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah my brother's bass player 
And then I'm I'm a drummer. So you guys are the rhythm section. Well, he, he he's a classical musician though. So okay. I always try and get him to jam, but usually he he, he doesn't want to. Every now and then the, we'll 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 play a little though. It's yeah. very fun. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a rarity though. We got we got to do it more often. Yeah, just uh, a great way to kind of get together. Yeah, you know, instead of like making conversation, just yeah, you can make some music and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, I've never seen a band with two brothers in it where they didn't want to kill each other. Yeah, right. You know, it was just like, oh, they they get along fine until they until they play in a band together. Then they want to shoot each other. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to. Yeah, he he's wanna play. He's just, it's not even open that can of worms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be in trouble. That's you funny. know, look at like you know the Davies brothers and the Everly brothers and the Robinson brothers and I know some some brothers that play in a band together and when they were playing in a band together they they if they had guns they'd have shot each other. <laughs> sure, you know? especially if they're like going on tour or something. Yeah, just I don't know what it is. You know, artistic differences and must be view it a little different with your brother or something. I don't know, but I've sure. just never seen it work out. Yeah, you know, family dynamics. We we do have a business. Yeah, we got a family business, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a little similar to having a band. Um but but yeah, uh, didn't you did you say you guys were just local or did you do a little bit of like touring? No, uh, we just with, play local. Okay, it's kind know, of part of the part of the local. A couple scene, other yeah. bands and we we get out here and there. Not very far, though. Yeah. Know. We're all working guys. You know, I got a day job, construction job. Sure. And uh, I try to keep the drum hobby just a hobby. Right. You know, it's, you know, everybody's always tells me I should do like like this, you know, start a drum shop. It like, didn't work out. I was about to say it didn't work out so well for my father. Well, well <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah, your, your dad is the example of be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. Now yeah. he's, he's chained to this place, <laughs> you sure. but you know, I, I, no, your dad's done. He's collecting guitars now. Your dad is the guy you know, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to this stuff. And, and, uh, but I always want to keep it a hobby. So it's, it's something to leave your, the, 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 BS from the day behind and go work on a drum or go play a drum. Right, right. Where you don't want to become. Work, I don't want to yeah. become my my occupation where I got to worry about selling heads and sticks to keep the lights on. Sure. You know? So I just want to collect my drums and have fun. I go to the drum show, have a few beers with my friends, and um, cheers. By the way, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice and, uh, uh, IPA here. Yeah, and. Um, <clears throat> just you know i try to keep a hobby in that in that vein you know the, yeah it's perspective great. and <laughs> and uh so collecting drums i've met some of my you know people that i love dearly some well, of my best friends in the world sure. i've met through the drum hobby i wonder do, do you remember when you met my father Jeez, I remember seeing your dad and, one of and Barrett shows. Deems. Oh, okay, with Barrett. Yeah, sitting yeah. down, playing yeah. trading fours at the I remember that. Show. I was there. And <laughs> yeah. they set up two kits in the middle of the aisle one time. And I was like, you know, who's that old guy playing who are the drums? Guys? That's Barrett Deems, you know? And I'd actually, I'd met Barrett before that. I knew who he was. And then uh, I didn't know who your dad was, but they're like, oh, that's Steve Maxwell, you know? And, and you have any Rogers Dinas? Wood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Barrett on his worst day was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and your dad was whipping it out, and that was it was. It yeah, was I, a, I remember uh, that that show. Yeah. I, I was really really young then, and I was just kind of 
taking it all in. I didn't really even know what to think at that point. I've got a friend that had a video camera there that day. So I just wonder if he's got a video of that or any video of it. I've never seen one. I've seen a bunch. There's, uh, if you remember when, who was the guy who was, uh, like Buddy Rich's buddy. He was his friend. He was really young and he was like the only guy that Buddy Rich would let play with his band. He came to one of the shows, uh, well, Dick Cully, one of his videos exists of okay. like one of those old playing things at the shows. I've seen that one. But what you're talking about, I was there and I remember it. But I've Yeah, this was video. kind of an impromptu thing they put together in the, in <laughs> yeah. the, in the middle of the aisle. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. Because I know this friend of mine has got like 30 seconds of me hamming it up in front of the camera. So I just wondered if he had any footage of that. I should ask him next time I see him. <laughs> sure. He's playing tonight. Maybe I'll go see his band, you know? Yeah. So, but, so, uh, so yeah, uh, the, your, uh, your collection, like, um, when, when you were like looking for, when you still are looking for stuff, but maybe like more when you first started, what were you usually out for? Cause I know there's at least gotta be something you were kind of, well, I was, you know, it was funny throughout the, maybe with you? Th- throughout the eighties, like every drum set yeah. was black. Okay. It sure. was like you couldn't sell a drum set unless it was black. I know. Yeah, Every kid wanted, wanted, yeah, they wanted a black drum set. So, sure. you know, when you walk in and here's a sparkle <laughs> drum set, and of course I was into the vintage or whatever you wanted to call it back then, you know, it was just sure. like, I loved that stuff. I just, you know, old everything. And um, so I started collecting old drums, you know, and... Uh, so kind of zeroed in on the Ludwig stuff, I think. And yeah, I know you're you're always right across from the Ludwig guys, and you well, got... that's you know that has a lot to do with you know Bunny being a Ludwig endorser. Sure, it's sure. kind of Bunny Carlos. It kind of works hand in hand there, being close to Ludwig and right. And uh, did you did, like? Have you known Bunny for a long time? Uh, I don't know him very well, but thirty some years. Yeah, we. Um, we kind of met over, a, I, I always tell everybody, you know, when two drum collectors live in the same town, they're bound to intersect somewhere along sure. the line. And he had a drum that I wanted to get, and uh, and somehow I got in touch with him, and then we started hunting drums together. Wow. And, uh, and then shortly thereafter, the drum show came around. And uh, him, like I say, him and I had a little table at the first drum show, and that guy put together the drum show to show his kits he was making. And, um, but you know, everybody that came to the drum show, they couldn't care less about those kits. Okay. Yeah, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get a throw off for their, you know, their Radio King snare drum or their Roger snare drum or whatever, you know, was, everybody was there for sure. their vintage collection parts and pieces. And, and, uh, but a lot of guys that I, you know, I, I said to Chuck Scalia a few years ago, I said, did you ever think that 25 years ago we'd still be schlepping our stuff to a drum show yeah. doing this, you know? And now here it is where this will be 31 years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great, you know? So uh, do you have, because you, yeah, you, you've just got lots of uh, kind of full kits, right? Yeah. Mostly, and then probably have some singles. Do you have any uh, just I'm uh, Slingerland Aztec stuff? I don't. No, no, I, want, I don't. I I've never I've kids. never come across <laughs> any for myself. That's what I'm looking for the next drum shows. If you see one, let me know. <laughs> uh, uh, the Drugans had one. Yeah, here a couple years ago, 
And I might remember that, yeah. John Dorn's probably got the nicest Aztec set I've ever seen. Like, a, Is there any 20s? Probably no, nowhere is there 20. Probably all 22. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they made in sizes. Well, they would have made any. There could, be, there could be an 18 out there somewhere. But yeah. Probably not. I'd want like a 20. That'd be cool. Like 2012, yeah. 16 would be cooler. Yeah, I, I've never seen all of all. I've always seen like the 22, 12, 13, 16 yeah. kits. <laughs> it's know? kind of, it's just such a weird, quirky finish, I think. And uh, I don't know how well they <laughs> held up. I think those held up pretty good. They were just really abused a lot of the time. Yeah. And then probably a lot of them got like spray painted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or, it's or very, peeled, yeah. It's very like 70s. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Slingerland really pushed the envelope on drum finishes. They did. You know, as far as colors, materials, you know, they had all the different veneers. Uh, way strainers, ahead of its time. Strainers, yeah. too. They could yeah. never, it's like a new strainer. There's so many different kinds of strainers. Yeah. yeah. Gretsch was the real conservative one. Like, they, they would just do something, and that's just what we do. Yeah. They still kind of are to this day. They yeah. still use that old lacquer, the nitrocellulose yeah. stuff, because they've just always used it. it. It does a good job. Hey, don't fix it if it's not broken. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Except for maybe their throw-offs. Maybe they should have fixed those. Oh, you don't like the Gretsch? Uh, which one do well, you like? Well, the new one. The new one is great. You know, the you don't new, like the old uh, Tombstone no, uh, those, Micro? Those, yeah, the old old Gretsch throw-offs. Those things were... Yeah, they're a little... The handles always break off, because I think that... They're always like, missing, yeah. It's the... Um, it's like the super classic. You know, everybody thinks you got to tighten the snares up super tight. So okay. then when you try to throw it on and off, you break the handle off. Because <laughs> it's like goes down to like a 1032 thread. You're talking about WFL? Yeah. The That one that kind of, it goes like a little further than the. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit like a super sensitive, but not. It's not a parallel throw off. It's just. Not parallel. But the wires just go past, out past the end yeah. of the drum. Yeah. But you know, so everything kind of those sound kind of boxy with those a little, but not bad. Actually, I sometimes I like boxy. Some of those sound great. Some yeah, of those, you know. my dad a lot of the times he's going for like a real sensitive sound, like kind of out towards the edges where you can really hear the distinct little double strokes, and that's why. But for that application, how about you? How, how do you like tune for like a show if you're if you're doing like a rock setup? I don't know. I I kind of like a. It's, I've been all over the place. I've had them super tight, and I. I'm kind of like, like the snare, a, a little wetter, you know, a little sloppier sound. Okay. Yeah. Anymore, so, you know? Like, so top head, maybe a little, little loose. Some yeah. people take like one lug and like, yeah, that's, that's a little trick. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a technique. I think I, yeah. I like to put my wallet on the snare drum. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> guys do that. That's and, uh, and, uh, just make sure you don't leave it there. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the jam session or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Your, your next guy up will clean you out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's funny. But um, yeah, man, that that's all. So, so of your like, what's the? I mean, the bulk is Ludwig of, of your stuff, probably. Yeah, now it is. You know, I had a lot of everything years ago. Yeah, I had a lot of. <laughs> I still have quite a bit of Slingerland stuff, but not a crazy amount like I did. Um, that stuff's floating around. What na name like a kind of a rare Slingerland finish that you have that that would interest people? I've got a Yellow Tiger kit. Okay, those are. Cool. I've got from Matt Barba. Like seventies. It's like yeah. really bright. Yeah. Almost like Tony Williams yellow, but then with uh, well, tiger the, black. The, yeah, the yeah, black. black in it. And then I've got a red tiger yeah. <laughs> uh, stage band that I got from Matt Barba. Matt Barba's <laughs> like, between him and John Dorn, they're both the Slingerland guys. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, Frank Sorrow has got the uh, probably the best Slingerland collection. <clears throat> and uh, I like the, the, the guy who has all the emerald... 
stuff. Uh, what's his name? The Slingerland, the old Slingerland Radio King, oh. made in Chicago stuff. He always uh, he always used to come. I don't think he came to the last show though, but he he would just have. Uh, yeah, a whole booth of just all emerald green Slingerland stuff. Oh, Mark Cooper. Yeah. Sea green. Yeah. yeah sea, that, okay, sea green. Yeah, he, he, that's, his, that's his thing. You know, the, the sea <laughs> yeah. green pearl. Uh, he, he must have worked real hard to... Yeah. And to Mark's, Mark's real meticulous about his collection, too. He's, yeah. I mean, everything he's got is just absolutely beautiful. That, if that were not the, you know, that's kind of the era... Yeah, well, this stuff's a little later than that. Most of it, but yeah, <laughs> isn't that cool? Those light bulbs are the original light bulbs that were in that. I got a few show. of those with the original light bulb. They like, them. yeah, they still work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the thing makes it turn off and on, but kind of. Cool. I think it's 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 a if it's the something in the socket. You know, they used to have those little things you could drop in a and screw a light bulb in on top of them. Yeah, yeah, and it would make it turn on and turn off. I don't right. know if it heats up and opens up a link or what it does, or yeah, and then. It works forever, though. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. yeah, it works really well. <laughs> that thing gets hot, though. But that's yeah. kind of what it's supposed to do because the the real point of those was to, if it's really humid, it'll dry yeah, out. Your keep the humidity off the calf skin heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll yeah. take it up in pitch if it goes too low. Yeah, it's a. It, what about like yeah, real old stuff like that? You got any super? I'm I, I really like the Ludwig metal snares. The, I got a few. I, got, I found a couple Black Beauties, you know, okay. and then um, uh, I like a, the 20s. A Ludwig uh, Gold. Yeah, some, those are really cool. Yeah, those um, 20s heavy brass shells. Yeah, got a few of those. I got like three of the. Uh, I, I like the nickel plated ones, honestly. The, Sound the same. <laughs> the super sensitive, the old supers from back then. I got like three of those. Like some wood ones? No, the, the metal ones, the heavy metal yeah. ones with the. I think a couple of them have the snare wires under the top head. Yeah, so back... I, I don't remember what they called that model exactly. There, I think to be a super sensitive, it had that. Yeah. To be a super, it called Ludwig Super, then it had not that, but then just the parallel. Parallel, strainer. okay. And then if it was uh, just a standard strainer, it would be like a... I can't remember what that was called. I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> those are those are my... Uh, I, I felt bad. I was so darn good. doing an interview the other day, and I was just like, what the guy cornered me on, I was just like in way over my head. You know, the oh, history sure. of colors, and I'm like... Oh, man. I don't know. No one knows everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah even... <laughs> I, I figured, you know, once they went from paint finishes to white marine pearl was probably the most accessible because they used it on all kinds of stuff back then so i figured that was probably the first drum wrap you know i didn't know white marine pearl yeah i think they used it on like toilet seats uh, hair brushes and dressing yeah. table sets and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some uh, some guy somewhere who i guess has been forgotten by time was like we got to put that on a drum <laughs> yeah some genius <laughs> yeah uh it's like mark cooper's got those a couple of banjos he's got a banjo that matches that green drum set and he's got a red one that matches yeah. like a rose pearl drum set and my my dad's favorite finish has always been white green pearl what can you say that you have a favorite because you know some some cats like don't even jeez i don't know one. you know i always kind of went in for the you know uh, you know bright colors and stuff like that yeah, yeah i had an emerald green gretch playboy kit up em until a year ago emerald green Gretch. Yeah. So what what kind of lugs? Uh this was a Playboy set, so this was had like all snare drum lugs on it. It was like a like a Gretsch club date is what this was like. And it was emerald green. 
I didn't and know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, it was a. They have a. They have I've a ro seen that rose pearl, Gretsch color, and then they had this emerald green, which huh. most of them you see are a stop sign kit. Oh, 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 that. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, it's like this ruby red, and yeah. then there was. Okay, I know what you're talking the about. The emerald green. I was green, thinking yeah. like earlier. I thought you were talking. Oh, about, I don't. That was like a seven, late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, early seventies, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Those are cool. Those are great. We, yeah. we actually, I, I made a, I ordered a kit in ruby red that was a total, uh, it was a, a 60s build essentially. So all, all built in with the old hardware. Nice. It was, it was really cool. We, uh, we sold it a little while. I think it was like a 2012, 14. Nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a great finish. <clears throat> yeah. What, what about, uh, when you like, uh, you bring any of these, any of these out? Like I do. I bring, I just, unless it's something that's really antique sure sure um i got scolded one day i sent a guy a picture of me of my kit it happened to be a citrus mod kit okay and he's like you took that out to a bar and played it oh I'm yeah. Like, yeah it's a drum set you beat on it all night with a you know piece of wood sure i, I think <laughs> they're meant to be played yeah they're meant to be played you know what's the point of collecting a bunch of stuff if you can't show sure. it off or play it you know right. and, you know i so I'll, I'll, I'll take out, you know, somebody told me one time, you can't take a 30s kit out and play it. You'll wreck it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just used a 30s kit in the studio, and then I used it at a gig <laughs> the next day because it was the one closest to the door. So it went in the truck and sure. went to the gig. <laughs> it's and, doing fine, yeah. Yeah, and, this, and the, the sound man come up to me and told me how good that kit sounded through the PA. I had a big White Marine Pearl Radio King kit. Like a 26 or something? Uh, that was a 24 on that kit. 24? Yeah, nice. it was 24, 13, 16. Those things are built so well. This thing was just a great sounding kit. Like built like an old house with like the craftsmanship, almost like as if like the person who built it was building it for his own family. You know, that's how I would describe it. Like the woods, yeah. the wood is always glued so well, well it doesn't come apart. My perception of you know, Unless my observation really has been you know, like, like the like the Radio King kit with that kind of rough mahogany inside. You know, the new mahogany kits, you know, they're as smooth as this table inside. Where the older kits have that rough, open, unfinished. I wonder if they didn't like plane it. Well, it's then. just it's just raw wood, you know, and but there's no clear coat, no paint. Or wait, no, 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 that's not what it is. They and then the WFL kits. They, lay, they probably lathe it now. I wonder, and they, maybe they didn't lay. Do they lay the? Oh, well, it's like veneer. It's just veneer. They wrap it around in layers, right? You know. Well, they do that in a mold, though. Have yeah. you seen our molds? I did see your mold. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. So they, yeah, they they first they have to plane all the plies, and then there's like a the old drums, the old three plies have a scarf joint, so it's like. Oh, for the wrap. The long joint. Well, for the three plies. So the in, the inner ply is going to be oh, the thickest. Sure. That's going to be poplar with a scarf joint. So you get like a long joint. It's not just a really thin one. Yeah. Then the outer plies are veneers, very thin of mahogany. And those are kind of just popped on there with a very small, tiny joint because there's so little wood. But, but yeah, they... Uh, and know, then like, maple rearings usually. And then Big the... Uh, then like the, you know, like the late 50s, mid to late 50s, WFL kits were like the raw mahogany inside, which I think they're the, they're just the warmest, best sounding kits. <laughs> right. And, yeah. Uh, they, they must've just slapped it on there. Cause now if they build a three ply drum like that, I think the last step would be to like lathe it a little bit to make sure it's perfectly round. You know? Oh, on the outside. But those old drums. Yeah. Even the outer ply, sometimes you'll see that big seam. If it's like, 
Well, it's like the, the 60s Ludwig kits with that big hump on the side. Oh, those Every, are... Yeah, everybody's those are, like, oh, that drum's out around. And it's just, ah, it's just the scarf joint. But don't they sound good even though they're slightly... No, I, I find... sound fine. And those bass drums, uh, maybe like one lug, there will always be like one spot that's just a little... And a little funky. Tighten it up a little bit. It'll be okay. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they are. They were pumping them out so fast. They, they wrapped the wrap into the the wood. Right. Which probably isn't uh, the best idea because it expands and contracts. I think differently with I moisture. Tell you what, it never had. Uh, <laughs> well, mahogany, I don't think absorbs moisture too bad. Uh, it, that's what they used to make shipping crates out of. Oh, I, like I, I just kind of learned that on the job. One I, it's day. it's mold resistant too. I think. Yeah. So. Um, like teak wood is like. Oh yeah, you can leave that out on the. On that's the what they, you can leave that on the deck every winter. That's what they <laughs> build. The, they used to build the decks of like ships out of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the but then that would be probably that would probably break if you tried to make a shell out of it. I don't think we've ever done teak craviato. Be, be a tough one. To, yeah, I don't I, think you could bend it. You'd crack so many boards; it would be like yeah, prohibitive. Yeah, but it's still kind of a mahogany. You can. Yeah. But. Uh, but you know how the like the new drums look inside? They're like. You know, they're like piece of furniture. They're so smooth and absolutely nice and perfect. Right, perfect. right. Yeah. yeah, which I think it kind of levels out the playing field a lot for <laughs> new drums versus old. I mean, there's an old drum sound and a new drum sound. I totally my, agree. my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's like some of the stuff it'll like approach the vintage sound, but it's never quite the same. Yeah, for for many different reasons. Yeah, you're talking about like the imperfections. I, I like old cymbals because of that too. They they're they're imperfect and they they were you know yeah they'll have like like yeah the '60s Ludwig's will always have that kind of lump on them yeah and then the old Slingerlands the well the bearing edges are very round yeah. and and uh, some old Gretches from like the the '60s they don't even have a bearing edge at all and the like oh yeah or back <laughs> they got that backwards bearing edge and then yeah and the, then they're <laughs> um, trying to get ahead on some of them and it's just like Right, a nightmare. You got like oversized. Yeah. I've I've literally taken bass drums into the music store and start putting heads on which one fits. Sure, <laughs> because there must be a little bit of difference between pinstripes and clears and coateds and stuff like that. So I'd go through a stack of heads, finding <laughs> one that fit on really nice, on some Gretsch kits. That's and, like the, I think that Leedy was the one who invented it. It was actually George Way innovation. I think the floating head. Which just meant they want to make it a little more like a timpani, where they make the shell undersized. Just a little undersized. So sure. technically, Gretches are actually what they're supposed to be. It's everyone else that's undersized. Uh, I'm sure. uh, I don't know. I don't know if that, I would say it's supposed to be. Because um, everyone does undersized shells now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, they. they While well, you either have to make your heads according or make your shells according, you know. Sure. <laughs> um, we're talking about wasn't like wasn't Gretsch weren't they have the Jasper shells Jasper wasn't that like a furniture company or something that made yeah like made similar this? to Keller yeah yeah and or like a, a mill I don't know if they made like finished furniture but, yeah but yeah the, the do you uh, do you like the Jasper Gretches you think they sound I think they do have kind of a vibe to them you know I I <laughs> I built up a Gretsch kit a few years quite a few years ago now that I had some wrap I wanted to use up. <laughs> And I put all these drums together and made a kit. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I got the rack tom shell from your dad. Okay. So I did this 22, 13, 16 um, silver glass glitter kit. I don't know, well, I got to play it before I sell it. Sure. I still own the kit. 
it, the kit plays so good. Are they like 90s shells? Um, no, older shells. Or like 80s or 70s uh, even? 70s or even 60s. Nice. Yeah, I think it's all got round badges on it. So, Did you do anything to the edges or are they? Nope. So they're probably. Well, some of these people are a little too fussy about, <laughs> oh, there's a, you know, a fly landed on my bearing edge. I, I have to bring it back to the store. Okay, you do the whole thing. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, as a, as a retailer, I'm sure you see it, you know, there's like, oh, yeah. there's sawdust inside my drum. Sure. You know? and it's like, well, get a life. Just in know? general, yeah, it definitely does seem that consumers nowadays really expect, just expect everything to be like laser perfect. Whereas maybe a while ago, even if, yeah, like something wasn't quite how you expected, you were just happy to have it. So it's like, all right, uh, I'm not going to make a huge fuss on this. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, again, like it goes back to my, you know, I try to keep it a hobby. I try to keep it fun. I don't want to be ripped off. Of course, everything's more expensive than it used to be. So maybe if they're spending more than they want to, so they're going to nitpick every little I've had a couple people do that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, there's people you just you're never gonna satisfy, you know. <laughs> and any drum, you could have ten of the exact same drum, and there'll be one that sounds better than the rest, and one that sounds worse than the rest. Yeah, there's a lot of complicated physics going on there. Yeah, when it and, comes to the sound of these things, you know, it's yeah. just. Um, I mean, yeah, in, granted, in, the new stuff is more consistent than the old stuff. In defense of drummers, I do understand that that might be a quirk. That <laughs> there is no defense for drummers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you're wasting your breath. <laughs> but yeah, you know, these are a lot of my friends. So I want to say I understand <laughs> we, we're, we're like keepers of the time. Right. So for things to be like very well and like evenly and like done properly, like for, oh, yeah, for drummers, maybe it's a quirk that more of us have than. Well, there's that. a different, there's a different, <laughs> some other, you know, this is like, you can musical. You can, sex, I wonder yeah. how, if there's ever been like any kind of study where you take a bunch of people and just that don't know what instrument the other one plays. Oh, they're thinking like, and you start talking and hanging out and talking about hopefully not politics, but sure. You know, anything. And you can go, that guy's a bass player. That guy's a drummer. Sure. <laughs> that guy, that guy, you know, that guy's got to be a singer. I bet you you could probably hit some like some accuracy. There. You know, because I mean, <laughs> because you know drummers are wired a certain way. Sure. And bass players are wired a certain way. It seems the like the tough ones would be the multi instrumentalists. <laughs> then everyone would get really. <laughs> yeah, no one would be able to get those ones. <laughs> well, the, you know, you can, always, you can always pick out the singer because the, the whole world's revolving around him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. The, the bass player. Looks, you know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe the quieter one. <laughs> I, uh, nah, I, I was in a band where this bass player would run around with his bass. Okay, like while you guys were playing. Yeah, he would have a wireless <laughs> setup, and then and then I would we go see a band. Me and the singer went and seen a band, and uh, here comes the bass player out on the dance floor dancing with the girls, playing his bass. <laughs> And me and him look at each other and we're like, what is it with these bass players? You know, and then there's another band that used to play in town and the bass player's walking around and he'd be so far away from the band, he'd be out of time with the drummer. Oh, <laughs> yes. that's a little excessive, I think. Oh my God, you, you know, and uh, <laughs> well, the funny. one band I was in, he, this guy would run out one door of the bar and run in the other door. Showboating. Well, <laughs> one night he did that and then a, a friend of mine that I play in another band with reached over and locked the door. So he was locked out of the bar. <laughs> and, uh, but 
<laughs> All right, I'm happier now. After and, <laughs> and playing music, to me, playing music is just like collecting drums. I was realistic about my limitations, so I never had any delusions of quitting my day job. So I just want to go out and have fun. Sure. You know, drink free beer, watch girls dance, yeah. and play music and be happy with what you just did. Sounds yeah. like a, a good day to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it is. It's just, you know, nothing more satisfying than, um, you know, when you get done with a set and you're like, God, that was good. That was, that was fun, you know? Right on, man. And we, we played a particular song one night at a gig, and this, this girl who was singing in that band turned around with this gigantic grin on her face, and she looked at me, and I went, that's the best we ever did that song. And she's like, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> you know, it's moments like that that make it all worth it. It's For just sure. like when you get up and you just kill it. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's what, you know, that's what makes it worth it. Ideally, it would be better if they handed you a big suitcase full of money, but, right. you know. <laughs> that's usually not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it works. I didn't, yeah, you certainly don't go into music to get paid, you know. Sure. Well, so you were talking about doing some recording, too. Do you do, you do any uh, just on a session small, work? No, no, no. I'm not that good. Do you uh, have your own studio? I, or? I'm a better collector than I am a player. Uh, <laughs> sure. No, we, well, the band I'm in, Band of the Lost, we we did a CD years ago. And a couple other bands I was in, we'd... Uh, yeah, you gotta gotta get me a copy. <laughs> I, I, I'll yeah, I'll I'll get you the the best of Randy Rainwater CD. Cool, man. I give you some. It'll take stuff. you like thirty seconds to listen to. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you listen to jazz ever, but I, I do it. have one of your CDs. Did, band, one of your bands. I probably gave you an LP. Uh, did I give you? Uh, oh, it was a CD. It was a CD of one. Oh, I'm not sure what that would be. Yeah, <laughs> I got it a long time ago. Cool. <laughs> CDs. It's just like, oh my god, I got. You know, twenty thousand CDs. That might have been the. Was it Mister Bonkers? That was a band. Might have been. Yeah, that might be what it is. Nice, Mister Bonkers. Yeah, that sounds like a puppet show. Yeah, hey, Mister Bonkers. My buddy Dave Johnson. It was his uh, his project, and I'm on I'm on drums, and it's it's kind of a uh, the name tells a lot about the music. It's it's kind of goofy and kind of bonkers. Well, I say some guys take it too serious. I don't tell you. Sure. I mean, I take it kind of serious. I don't want to look like a, you know, an idiot up there, but <laughs> you know, some of these guys are just, you know, it's just like these guys dating their drums. You know, can anybody tell me what day my drum was made on? You know, it's just like, sure. I just play it. If it sounds good, keep it. If it's not, get rid of it, you know, yeah. and playing music, you know, go out and have fun playing music, right you on. know? And, uh, Hey, you looking forward to the drum show coming I up am, here? I live for the drum how, show. How long do we have? It's going to be, how many months do we have till it's Well, here? it's May 21st and 22nd. Yeah. So, um, just over a month. Yeah, it's really, yeah, we're on like, this is probably one of the last cold days. You can see, yeah, you're wearing your jacket. We're over oh here freezing. Oh my God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope it's the, you know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I really haven't complained about this winter. It kind of never because it ended. Never ended. It just kept on going. <laughs> it just kind of it just kind of drug out, you know. Was, yeah. And I actually don't mind the cold personally. <laughs> it's uh, I'm not much for the. I don't like the inconvenience of battling snow. Yeah, yeah. That's my wife I loves it. it. When it I, snows, I she's in heaven. Shut into the house so no one can go out. At least I I I used to like that before like two years ago. 
Now, now it doesn't feel natural. I like it if it's from snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's the of the house. Well, it used to be, you know, it was like, it was such a pain in the ass getting out of the driveway. Sure. To get to work. And now I, I'm just like, I wish it would snow so I can't, can't get out of the driveway. <laughs> you know, it's like and miss work, you know. Keep, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if you're getting up like early and it's freezing and you have to hit the oh. ice off your car. Yeah. That's why, yeah, it, may, it, it makes you, it's good, good workout. Yeah. <laughs> Shoveling the snow. This winter, I actually went out and shoveled a little bit, and we live in a condo right now. I'm actually about to buy a house, but we live in a condo, and so the the guys who were cleaning out there, like they they do the they they take care of it. They looked at me and they were just like, "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> That's just well, I want to get a head start, and they usually would just like blow the snow all into my cars, but instead <laughs> I want to just like pull it so I can get it. <laughs> you know, well, then, I, I I have a. Uh, detached. I, I I hesitate to call it a garage because I've never put a car in it. This is where your you have your my workshop is, and um, you must have like a pretty big garage. It's a thirty by thirty, two story garage I built about fifteen eighteen years ago, and you got some construction experience. We were talking about yeah, a little bit. You know, I learned a lot from my dad, and learned a lot on the job, and and. Um, so that's where I, you know, escape. I, I go out there and put a movie in or put music on and nice. <laughs> and sit and work on a drum or make a lamp out of a something stupid. And so just, do you do like uh, heavy restorations or do you only just kind of not, not, not cleaning? Like to stuff. the extreme. I've done some stuff that I, I even surprised myself on a few different things, you know, but some of these guys will take a drum that's been, you know, underwater for 20 years and glue it back together and joe marquat did that for me once yeah. actually the drum behind you you know you yeah know you were telling story. me that story about yeah, that, that thing was like floating in sewage at one point and he 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 um i guess he like just kind of like you said he like injected it with epoxy like a it's resin. almost like he dipped it in it yeah i don't know exactly how he did it That's he might have like Painted it on over many coats. I'm not sure, but Joe Meckler, it's very strong. Um, yeah. Joe Meckler does some crazy restoration that is Sounds just good, <laughs> so good, and uh, just he he had a rose pearl snare drum a few years ago at the show that he sold. Yeah, that if you saw it before he started, it was just it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Chris Mattoon is another one that does some great restorations. You know, these guys. Great, yeah, great to get these uh, names. Jack out Lawton. There. I mean, Jack. You know, he's the he's the godfather of drum restoration. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I don't know these guys really personally too well, but uh, definitely like I. Know. I don't know if Jack's ever been to the Chicago show. Okay. I, I, my dad's talked about him at some point. He's a super great guy. Or maybe like it was a customer saying that it was one of his. He used to put on the. What, did he put on the Pennsylvania show or something? I could never go to these drum shows because I was always working. Sure. So I was never that. Well, know. and you got one like right down the street. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. The yeah. biggest why, one. Why, why would I go to, you know, <laughs> why would I go there when I could drive an hour to go to one? The, the one that has yeah. set the bar for the rest. <laughs> and uh, So, yeah, do you um, do you dig some of the stuff Ludwig's doing nowadays? The Oh, I do. I do. I think... Um, Things stagnated for so long. I think in the whole drum world for mm -hmm. so long, um, Tama seemed like they always made innovations in hardware and stuff and Pearl, but it seemed like 
overall, everything kind of stagnated for a while. And, but it seems like everybody's kind of pushing to, you know, in some cases reinvent the wheel, but. Sure. Um, you, know, you know what I really liked about the, um, well, I'll say just in general, what I like about a company, if they kind of have like their formula and they kind of stick to their formula. Yeah. And maybe they're, they're doing that. Right. Some maybe sometimes companies do that right. Sometimes you know, Gretsch is really good at doing that. Uh, I, Gretsch I, I, has I, been doing some like some stuff the same for so long, and and that's the great Gretsch sound. But like every company, even like like Yamaha, for example, they have like that that angled grain. That's kind of their thing. Yeah. But all the old American companies, they really had their formula. Like yeah. Slingerland, you know, stick saver hoops. Yeah. Uh, three ply, well at first, but you know, three ply shells. Ludwig was, you know, they. When I think Ludwig, I kind of think metal snare drum. That's kind of what really comes to mind is like no one did them. The superphonic, you know, nobody's ever made a better yeah. overall drum. I'm always looking for those. You, you probably got like a hundred of them. <laughs> How many do you I have? think I just sold Ken Anderson like four of them oh, here Ken. a while back. I got to do one with him one of these days too. Yeah, yeah. you got to get <laughs> Ken in here. Well, he's in here all the time. He just shows up randomly. So I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm not set up <laughs> right now to do that you want to buy a trailer load of drums <laughs> yeah he always brings me like the stuff he doesn't want <laughs> the stuff he's got no uh absolutely no use for <laughs> ken, i don't want that stuff. either man <laughs> ken dwarfs my collection really yeah uh, ken's just got like just crazy amounts of of drums he um <laughs> he's Tell, told me one day like how, three garages full. how many storage <laughs> facilities and everything he's got yeah <laughs> that um and i'm like ken you could you could buy any house in town for what you're paying in rent <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, know, you just gotta, rather have the you just gotta stay home long enough to do it and not be driving up and down the road you know right but yeah, Ken's Ken's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he just loves loves driving around and just kind of checking stuff out. Picking he's stuff got up. so many contacts. I don't know. Yeah, people I guess probably go to him a lot. I don't know if he's got a particular way of charting his course. When, when I first met Ken, was one of the <laughs> earlier earliest drum shows. Okay, yeah, this is interesting. And um, I met him over the phone, and then and then um, he's he described himself, and I I. Uh, the minute he walked in, I knew it was him. You know, he's like, sure. he had like a leather jacket on, and he looked like a Viking wearing Can't a leather Ken. jacket. And, right. uh, We're either being invaded, or and Ken that's is when I first met Ken. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he was big into Vista lights and '70s stuff back then. Okay, that was this thing. And uh, but he's uh, but he's just just buys. He's got tons of stuff. You know, he wheels yeah. and deals too. You know, to offset the cost. Mine, I tried to just figure out how to make the collection pay for itself. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, your your stuff, you're, you're probably made a little more picky than he is when it comes to drums. Well, I so try to not to, you know, I try to, you know, you, different methods of thinning out the herd was, you know, get rid of anything that's singles, get rid of anything that's, you know, I think I have one, I have one Japanese kit which is a Fantasia Pearl Mercury kit just because it looks so cool. Some of that Japanese stuff is really like cool. And, and then I've got a, it's uh, not really expensive. So for those listening, if you find a really awesome old made in Japan kit, that's a cool finish. Just buy it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of times I used to pick those Get it for kits like 200 up. 200 bucks. <laughs> I used to buy them for $40. And, and they don't sound great, 
but they have kind of their sound. Well, uh, I think... In, in my opinion. <laughs> a, a big majority of kits I found years ago, like the, the Japanese kits, they seemed like they always had the original heads on them, which were the worst heads in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, I got some... a buddy in town, Ed Bogdonis. Yeah, I know Ed. Yeah, Ed. Ed could play five gallon pails and make them sound good. Sure. Uh, so he he's got a couple. Oh of, yeah, you're you're picking up the stuff for him today. I believe. I will. Yeah, yeah that's. I just thought of that when I said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, don't you won't want to be thinking about that when you're down here for the drum show. But he's <laughs> uh, that guy's got, you know, some Japanese kits, cheap, you know, stencil kits that he just tweaks on them and changes heads and makes them sound fantastic and. He could play anything and make it sound good. Yeah, those, those old uh, Japanese drums, they're, the grain a lot of the times is this way. Yeah, there's, n- there's no way. bending against the grain. It's all. Yeah, and then, so it's, and it's kind of, it seems like it's like soft wood and it's. it's what is it, Philippine mahogany? I, maybe that's why. I'm not yeah. even sure what. Sometimes I think they're made of maybe some birch and some that, some of that maybe. And then the, I always find that. You can tune them up high and they sound pretty good, but if you try to tune them low and get like a real nice, I call it like consonant pitch that doesn't kind of like have like dissonant vibrations in yeah. it, wonky vibrations, mm-hmm. I don't know what you want to call it, that's really difficult. So then you need to muffle them a lot. And then, then you, yeah, so you have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, is a, it is a sound and it can be, they can sound real nasty. They can have like a, a real kind of like well, visceral like, oomph to them. I think that goes for any manufacturer. You could, you could, uh, you know, you could find a good one, and you could you could stand a chance of getting a bad one too. Sure, you know. So, what, what about what what kind of hoops do you like to play the best of all the different companies of all the different historic drum hoops? Like for like, let's say on your like your your snare, your primary. I've snare. got a I've got a twenties Pioneer eight lug six and a half. Ooh, Pioneer Pioneer that's got straight hoops on it, no flange yeah. hoops. Yeah. And Those are great. I've, that I've drum found one sounds of when I was really fantastic. Young. Yeah, man. <laughs> it sounds great. Have you ever seen a? It's like a. It, uh, is yours like a, a black drum or is it? Um, no, it's a nickel. Nickel over okay, brass. Nickel. Um, I found one that was. It's black like a black beauty. But then it doesn't have any engraving, and it's uh, those are is it six or eight lugs? I think six lug, right? Well, no. The um, what what became the Pioneer was a six lug, but the early ones that were called Pioneer that had a round badge on them, yeah, were eight lug. I found one of those, but with a, I think it has like a black shell. But maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm thinking about what would that be? Well, it's got a badge on it that says Pioneer. It is a Pioneer because it says yeah. 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 So those are great. I think I have seen some of the black enameled ones. That's what, yeah, no, it was, I think about it. It but. was at, I was walking home from school when I was like maybe 13 or something. And I saw it at a, a garage sale. <laughs> that was my first drum I ever found. And my dad still has it. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. I said, Hey dad, we should buy this drum. And then he drove by. He's like, yeah, it's not a bad one. I think we got it for probably like 25 bucks or something. <laughs> I'll walk into the garage sale you know, with my wife with me and. I'll, I'll walk in and I'll look over at her and give her the kind of a wide-eyed look, and there'll be a drum sitting there. And <laughs> yeah. And she's just she's she she's like I've been cursed. She's like, I, <laughs> why am I being punished like this? You know, she sure. always says this stuff because I find another drum to buy. And, uh, she's she's great. She's, she must cares she's for you very su- <laughs> very supportive. She puts up with it. Yeah. She's found me some great drums. She she even participates uh, in the madness. (laughs) Yeah, she uh, she's probably the she was one of the first females to really 
you know, be known at the drum show. Okay. <laughs> you know, she used to come into the drum show, got to m met everybody, and sure, and um, got to know everybody, and and uh, it's rare that my mom comes, but she'll usually make it out for like one day. Yeah, <clears throat> and then and then then guys started bringing their wives and girlfriends, and you'd see, <laughs> you know, you'd see it, but it wasn't all that common. But you know, Nance, Nance, and Liz Hawkins were like the the two wives that were like. At set the up show mo a lot right you know they were probably the first to actually like bring like a chair to sit on i remember yeah. it, there were never any chairs I, when i was really young i always remember like my back would get really tired because i've never anywhere to sit no one would think to bring a chair in our booth yeah. I, I bring i bring comfy chairs the veterans anymore. know what to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that it gets really tiresome after a while yeah then i might even i might bring these chairs about the time you bring a nice chair, you turn around and there's some guy in it. Yeah, right. Because it's such a lack of and, uh, the demand is there. I I turned around one day. That's a faux pas, by the way, at the show. So don't don't and, and don't do some, this if you go to Chicago Drum Show. Some old guy sitting in my chair, and he and he was asleep. Okay. And I'm like, I turned to somebody. I go, God, I hope that guy's not. I hope he's asleep and not dead. <laughs> you know? And this guy just sat down in my chair and like fell asleep. That's really funny. Was he okay? Yeah, he was fine. He was just <laughs> kind of sat there and just kind of closed his eyes and zoned out for a few minutes. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm like, who is this guy? It's my chair. My chair. <laughs> yeah. Don't die in my chair. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Let me put some plastic on that chair before you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good fun. We, we have a good time. <laughs> at the show we it's, all yeah and make a lot of bad jokes and drink beer and, right. and yuck it up and this this will probably go up pretty soon to the show so i mean this will go up in a week or two so it'll be about two weeks out so everyone make sure yeah uh if you're if you can make it out to chicago come to the vintage drum show it's uh, it's uh uh, May twenty uh, first and twenty second. Yeah, and if, it'll be at if you the, need any information, County, go to yeah. rebeats.com It'll be great fun. Randy will have a booth. We'll have a booth. What What do you you want to give anyone any uh, <sighs> any like cool stuff? Uh, little previews oh. on cool stuff you're bringing this year. I'm bringing a couple 28 inch kits. 28. Okay. Yeah. I so think this would be really. I old think ones? Bunny's to blame for me playing big bass drums. I always thought big <laughs> bass drums were so cool, you know. And you like 28s. I I don't play them much anymore. There's no call for them. You know, are, I, are you talking about like old '40s kits? Or are you talking? No, about I mean, like, like I got like a I had a, uh, like a '60s Blue Sparkle with a 28, 28, 13, 16. And that's I've got actually a, that's really. Strange. I got rid of a White Marine Pearl one there See, a few funny. years ago. The guy that plays Bunny in a band in a Cheap Trick tribute band <laughs> bought it, and uh, I've got a champagne, cool. a champagne 28, 12, 13, 16. And, uh, Does Bunny play big bass drums? Not anymore. Because I, I, yeah, I don't know too much about. It. It's funny though. I, I always had his uh, poster when I was growing up, because I didn't really know too much about Cheap Trick. Although I do really like um, one of their songs. I used to be big into skateboarding, and it was in uh, one of the videos. Hmm. The skateboarding video. I can't. It was like Black Label or something. I can't remember which company it was. I but can't remember what the. But yeah, it was a Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick tune. Oh, they, the, the first two albums are my absolute favorites. What genre would you call Cheap, cheap Trick? Because they, they almost... They were kind of against the grain. They were a little bit punk. They were a little different. Yeah, the first album was kind of, kind of punk, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
it's and it's a cool band. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a you know I I couldn't I couldn't name names of the bands I hated <laughs> because I didn't want to offend a couple guys I knew, but I talked about all these bands that I was just like when I was a freshman in high school that I was just. I was like, oh, God, this shit sucks. This shit sucks. <laughs> and then Cheap Trick in color. Somebody put that in the 8-track player. Okay. And I was like, this is the coolest record I've ever heard. Nice. <laughs> you know? And uh, so that's you were what, into them real... That's when I, when I when Cheap Trick, the second album in color, came out. This was well before you met Bunny. So. Yeah, long before I met Bunny. I didn't even know they were from Rockford at oh, that point. I just like, who's this band, Cheap Trick? And, uh, <laughs> nice. You, you two probably... Well, is Bunny originally from there, or yeah, did he... Yeah. Maybe, yeah, you guys grew up in similar circumstances. Well, my, my, so. <laughs> well, come to, uh, a few years later, what was it? Um, Dream Police, or one of the albums came out. Mm-hmm. And my brother, who has this kind of, he has a different sense of humor. Okay. And, uh, but he starts talking about, yeah, I went to high school with these guys like that. Yeah, this guy, you know, this guy and that guy. Well, he goes, I didn't go to school with all of them. I just, three of them. The other one went to a different high school. And I thought he was just setting me up for one of his jokes. Sure. You know, and then come to find out he went to high school with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was, yeah, I thought he was just setting me up to, to zing me. And, uh, <laughs> but and then like years later, I met Bunny and met the band and stuff. And, nice. So that, that was that at one of the drum shows or was that? No, I was just through local friends. <laughs> and like I say, chasing drums together. Right. Right. And, uh, and he, his uh, Bunny's collection. I've, he's got his video. There's like videos of up on YouTube of he, most he's, of his stuff. He's I think. thinned out the herd quite a bit. He likes the really rare Ludwig finish. Oh, uh, he's like that's he, what it seems uh, like. Just examples of some of the greatest finishes. Yeah. Uh, like 20s snare drums and stuff. It was just yeah amazing. Yeah. Some of the stuff he had and some of the kits he had. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, me, I'm just kind of like whatever I luck into. Sure. And uh, but he had some just. It was just like it was breathtaking to go in his building where he had all of his collection. He had it all on display too, which was nice. I should ask you: you don't happen to have a Slingerland uh, Silver Sparkle floor tom you'd like to sell? I do not. All right, worth I, worth a try. I, do not, I, I have had them in the past, but no, I right. Don't does, I have uh, you know the ones that they made. They're uh, twelve by twenty, and then nine by thirteen. Wow! And it's a double lug. It's not a center lug. Which, so it's I not like a, a student drum. It's like their version of the New Yorker, the Ludwig yeah, New Yorker. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a, uh, a green sparkle. No of course, it was faded to like yellow, but it was a. That's a cool. I like green sparkle. Eleven or twelve? I don't think it was twelve. That was the weird thing. Was it was like eleven by twenty, yeah. with an eight by twelve, and a. Uh, Maybe that's like what a, this is. Like a five by thirteen snare you know, drum. I think that they probably just used like a marching drum they had. So maybe those are like a little bit smaller, just could so be. you can easily like yeah. wield them. <laughs> could, could be, yeah. That's interesting. I yeah, I found that in Colorado Springs one time and had it shipped back. Yeah. Green Sparkle is a cool finish. The first, like I think it would technically be the first kit I ever sold at Maxwell Drums when we were downtown. This guy would probably not believe that I remember this, but it was a green sparkle Slingerland 22, 13, 16, I think with a matching snare even. And uh, it was just to some guy that was like not much older than me. I think he was younger than me. He just came into the shop and I sold it to him. 
cool. That would be I, first time I ever seen John Bonham playing a green sparkle kit. Oh yeah. I was like, that's that's green. That kit's green sparkle, you know? And then <laughs> so that'd be one of your favorite finishes. <laughs> it is one of my favorite finishes. And then I saw Brad Elvis in the Elvis Brothers. Okay. He had this big green sparkle slingerland set. Yeah. And I'm like, a green sparkle kit, you know, another green sparkle kit, you know? And I was just like, that is the coolest ever. <laughs> it's a cool finish. Now I've got a basement full of green sparkle drums. <laughs> yeah, it's, they, they're a little bit hard to find too. Yeah, it's less less common than like red. It's, it's, it's red or blue. Definitely hard to find one that's in, got good color. What's, uh, what's like the, maybe the rarest green sparkle thing you got? You got maybe like, you know what? I had a tone flange. Something like oh, tone I never, flange and green sparkle. I never had one of those. I, I just sold got a lot that of, thing lot of for 60s. like eight hundred bucks. I should have sold. I should have kept it. Kept it. <laughs> um, mostly '60s stuff. I've got like a lot of. I got a. I got a really super nice 2012-14 club date kit, oh, and I've cool. got a 22-13-14 club date kit that are both like just beautiful color. Nice. And a lot of them different various shades of fade. Sure. <laughs> a lot of '70s stuff. It seemed like the '70s stuff didn't fade as bad as the '60s stuff. All right. Do you do you? Um, ha, green can come in glitter or sparkle. Yeah. Are you like? Do you like one better than the other? Uh, I'm kind of a glitter guy this, myself. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> like, I think if I'm not mistaken, some of the Slingerland stuff was glitter back then. But the WFL, I got some WFL isn't, green. As isn't the, glass actually glass? And yeah. And then the, the sparkles are plastic. Yeah, it's like plastic little, hexagons. Little, little, yeah, hexagons. Yeah. And so for those who are listening, that's the difference. If it's a glitter, this is something that, and they'll look almost the same. So if you buy a drum set and one has little tiny hexagons in it, and then the other one's got kind of randomized little pieces. Little chips, yeah, little ground I, bits I, of glass. I feel like the glass like catches the light a it little does, better. It does, it does. <laughs> we were just talking about that yesterday, was how good it looks when the light hits it. Yeah. <laughs> like the Gretsch kit I mentioned with the silver glass glitter, it's just like when the light hits it, it's like, God, that kit's beautiful. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it, it doesn't seem like, didn't Gretsch like didn't seem to differentiate. Like sometimes it would be a sparkle, sometimes it would be a glitter. I think everybody, you know, because Camco was always sparkle. There's one. Camco is always a sparkle. Hmm. There's always have a black backing. You know what I mean? Hmm. Except maybe the silver sparkle. But I think even yeah. You know, I never, I never come across. You know, the fact living in this area, I've never come across <laughs> Camco stuff. Camco stuff. Yeah. Joe, I, uh, Joe got it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he bought all of it. <laughs> uh, or Carl Waldman. Oh, Carl. Carl Waldman had it like. <laughs> Like a basement <laughs> full of stuff years ago before I even knew what it was. I had a. I didn't know Carl had a big Camco collection. Oh, he did years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. He had a slew of that stuff. I know him really well too. He never yeah. talked about it. Uh, <laughs> well, I think he had to sell them all. Oh yeah. I think he had some medical issues and he had to sell them all. I wonder how he's doing. It'd be. I haven't talked to him for a long time. I should give him a call. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting kind of sentimental lately. I'm starting to call people that I. <laughs> haven't talked to in a long time. I do that all the time. People yeah. are like, why are you calling me? <laughs> well, you just want to say hi, man. Somebody's got <laughs> somebody's got to make the first step. You know, sure, is, is is to make that reach out and call your friend that you. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna call you. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm and I'm guilty as anybody. You know, and right. Uh, there's a friend of mine that I met through the drum show that lives down in the Quad Cities. And I couldn't remember his name. This was this morning now. Yeah. And I'm looking through my phone, looking through Facebook, and kind of putting two and two together. And finally, I figured it out, you know. And I, 
It's always I, a nice. I, it was on the tip feeling. of my tongue, and I couldn't get it out. You know, and it's a release when you finally find the name. Oh, yeah, great. I don't have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning fretting about. Yeah. Why can't I remember that guy's name? But no, it's. Um, you know, I met a lot of good friends, but like I say, I never get to see this guy. So. Yeah, is he going to come out to the next show, you think? Did you get a hold of him? Uh, he comes every three, four years, it seems like. He drives up from East Moline, so yeah. it's a bit of a haul for him. Yeah, it's the international crowd is, like, gone now. Well, I think they're they're in this year. The Japanese are going to... That's come, great. That'd that's be what cool. I heard. They're, they're going to be there this year. Um, sounds if like if Yorma comes, some of the some of our, our friends from Britain too. That yeah, miss them. Uh, be nice if Dave Brown showed up and uh, years ago, God, is you know years ago like when John Good was still alive and Gary Alcock would show up and yeah, know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's they're just I think they're just getting too old to do it. Sure, know? sure. Unfortunately, John passed away, but Gary's. You know, we all used to get together and go to dinner, and they were right. great, great guys. I met some of my favorite people through the drum show. Yeah, I really yeah. have. I uh, I've got good friends. You know, they say by a certain age, if you have a couple good friends, you're lucky. Well, I have a, a group of good friends in in town, and I have a group of good friends through the drum show. Yeah, man. You know, we've stayed at each other's houses. We've, you know, we're, we're always there for each other. Yeah, and I've met a great people through this of course i met some some assholes too sure. you know? <laughs> we kind of weeded those guys out <laughs> and, uh, so yeah the as 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 time goes on and then like maybe one drum show you'll get in a fight with somebody and then the next drum show it'll be forgotten <laughs> yeah. I, i've never There's really always... been in a, a fight with anybody or an argument oh, know, yeah? with anybody i rob had to throw a guy out one year oh man that must have been pretty well it's just the, was it a, big, a big volume issue Volume? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, just playing too much. Oh, yeah. okay. Ask your dad about that. <laughs> you know, you could, you could light a cigarette off your dad's forehead. He was so mad that day. Oh, really? And, uh, <laughs> um, these guys just wouldn't. Sat and wailed on this kit all day long, demoing it for people walking by. That wasn't the show where they were like right behind us. Yes. Was it? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't. You know, how can you forget that? that? It was just before we left St. Charles. Yeah, yeah. And. I remember that. <laughs> that would have been one of the because like I didn't work at the shop for a that long was like time. fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, that would have been like one of the first shows where I had returned. Maybe the second one where I had started yeah. working at the shop again. Yeah, and then I ran into that guy in Nashville. Oh I was, yeah, I was in the restroom. So yeah. it was like his his booth essentially. Yeah, yeah. We, he had, we won't he, say he the a, name. He had a booth, booth at George Lawrence's. I can't even remember it. He's a good guy. You know, I told him. You know, I yeah, said all yeah. you had to have done is humble yourself for two seconds. He was just trying to demo his stuff, and and he was he was was it a it, yeah it was there was something special about either the, I I remember this and and yeah it was just yeah just like let everyone try it out over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't hear yourself. There's a few guys like that. You know I, that that bass drum crap doesn't even really bother me that much. The thing that always really bothered me was when you're just walking down and someone does one of those like crazy loud rim shots almost to try and like hurt your, your like, you know, yeah. and, and cause your ears don't have time to close up and it's just like, come on, man. <laughs> I, uh, it's like going in guitar center yeah. and the kids are in there playing drum sets. And it's like, there was a kid playing some custom kit at the show one year. And I was like, I, I had to walk over and tell him to keep it down a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, 
I go, um, I turn to these guys. I go, who the hell plays like that? Yeah. And one guy goes, nobody if they want to get paid at the end of the night. Because I was just like, nobody plays like that. You know. I, I remember when I was really young going to the drum show, and I always wanted to play stuff so bad. It's actually kind of a, uh, like a discipline. You have to really discipline yourself not to. Because it's, if you sit down and really start going, it's like, it's just, yeah, you know. Well, I'm not kind of a, I'm not a whip, whip it out guy anyway. You know, sure. I'll sit down and play time yeah. and just kind of hit the toms to hear how they sound. A little test know. out is okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> some guys want to, they're auditioning for Dream Theater or something. Right. And, and it's, you already heard him do it. So why do you, okay, you want to get the feel of drum. Okay, hit it one time. Well, All right, you still you're still going. Okay, I guess we're we're having a jam session now. <laughs> there, yeah. there was a booth there a few years ago where this guy got up and thought he was hot shit on this drum set. Yeah, and then some little old guy comes walking up and sits down and like does it a hundred times better. Yeah, and the guy couldn't. You know, the first guy just couldn't let it lay. He had to go up and do it again, which oh. still wasn't as good as the other guy. And the the other guy was like. <laughs> Looked like he just kind of like wandered in off the street. The guy was absolutely killer yeah. and just sat down and just like took that guy to school. Just short and sweet. Yeah. Play yeah, yeah he just, I was just like, geez. <laughs> and then the, then the first guy comes back and tries to do it again. And I was just like, God, doesn't this guy learn from anything? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. just, but some of them, some of the guys are the pretty unassuming guys that just like just blow you away. Yeah, you know? for sure. Uh, you never, uh, you never know. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike myself, you know, I'm, like, I'm not going to blow anybody away. I might offend them, but I'm not going to blow them away. I don't know? think I've ever seen you play. That's why I'd love you to hear. You haven't missed anything, really. You know? <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm I do sure a mean great. Mustang Sally. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there's all kinds of different types of drummers. There's people who like specialize in like soloing, you know, in front of like, and then there's people who like really specialize in like feel and uh, being like the backbone of a rhythm and blues band or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think the younger you are, the busier you play. And then the, as you yeah, kind yeah. of figure out, you don't need all that stuff, you know? And <laughs> J jazz musicians, where do they fall in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're very busy players, but it's just play a style. Yeah, so. they, 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 they play their brains out for three hours a night and make $40 at the end of the night. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rock, rock musicians play th three chords for a million yeah. people, and then yeah, jazz yeah, musicians play, play a million, million chords, chords for, for nine people. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, that's what I, I said that to a friend of mine one time. I said, you know, a shitty rock band will make more money than a good jazz band, unfortunately. Sure. And I, you know, I'm not, you know, not dissing jazz guys, but it's just it's it's There's not different types of jazz too. I mean, oh yeah, and yeah the. But yeah, you know that, that's a whole can of worms. I could talk about this for like hours. But uh, yeah, so some of my favorite uh, jazz drummers actually play pretty, uh, pretty minimalistically. And whenever I listen to myself play, whenever I get real busy, a lot of the times it's just like it doesn't. You're not helping the music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what exactly you're doing, but every now and then you'll play some real busy stuff that comes across great. But almost always, I always find if I I think no matter what kind of music you're better. playing, it comes down to taste. Yeah, having play to the song. It's not, you know, everybody likes to get up and goof. Hey, rock, and, there's prog rock stuff that's real. Oh, that stuff. I can't even yeah. fathom some of that stuff those guys do. Sure. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's like to go watch clinics and 
you know, <laughs> to watch Todd Zuckerman is just like, it's, it takes your breath away. He's so good. Yeah, you know, I didn't even, yeah, name and some, it's just some like, guys I can't you really even, like. I can't even begin to fathom what he's doing. He's, he's one but of he's your favorites. But he's just doing it so good, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Who are some other guys that you, you oh, dig? You know, Chops, who, Chops Monsters. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Cameron is one guy that I always kind of refer back to, the guy from Soundgarden. I like Clayton Cameron. Yeah. But I don't know Matt Cameron. Yeah, yeah if you want a lesson in playing brushes, Clayton Cameron yeah. is the guy, yeah. <laughs> But I think I had two posters growing up, and funny enough, one was Bunny and one was Clayton Cameron. That's, and that, those were two. The, those were in my room at one point. <laughs> he, um, but Matt Cameron was one of these guys that's just like, you think he's just playing time, but he's doing something that's like, what's he doing there? You know? And then he'll whip something out, and your, your jaw will just hit the floor when that guy. He said Soundgarden. He was yeah, Soundgarden now Pearl Jam. And uh, huh. and uh, but the guy is just the guy is phenomenal. Yeah, you know, I was never like diehard Rush fan. You know, everybody was like, "Oh, you're a drummer, you must love Neil Peart." And uh, I'm like, <laughs> well, "Pure, sorry guys." And uh, <laughs> um, but it was just never my that music was never my cup of tea. I was more of a Led Zeppelin guy. Bonham, okay. I was always a Bonham guy. Bonham's and, Bonham's pretty awesome. Yes, I, yeah, I'm. I'm a, I really like uh, uh, Mitch Mitchell. Oh yeah, he's probably my favorite <sighs> yeah. rock drummer. Just straight. And I, when I play rock, I like to kind of do it a little like that. Yeah, that's like yeah, power and a little loose. Yeah, he he was almost like a like a he very much bridges the gap I think between like jazz and rock. A little oh, bit. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, my brother was uh, my brother was a heavily influenced by cream back in his day when he was playing in bands in our basement sure. so i got to listen to a lot of cream and a lot of that stuff when i was a little kid nice. and so it's just like and the the drums and that stuff were always stood out too because it was always so much different than the majority it was different than listening to the beatles not that i didn't like it but it was just like it was so different yeah and i always yeah. loved listening to the beatles you know is this something yeah. to be said for playing to the song? You know, everybody's like Ringo, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, well, try to do it that good. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. The the Beatles, it's like more like through composed stuff, a mm. little less jammy, but not all the stuff. But and yeah, like Ringo, like maybe he's even a little bit more like a like a percussionist. He approaches mm. it. You know, he he does like a very very minimal but essential little tom fill. Yeah, and even though you know. Yeah, anyone could do that. Well, but he did do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say anybody, anybody could imitate it. Well, <laughs> you just got to do it. You know? I, I like Ringo. I went through like a, a real jazz phase where I was just like, ah, I'm not into that stuff so much. But l later on, uh, definitely, yeah, because it's just, yeah. What, I don't necessary. know enough about jazz to um, to say, you know, somebody made me a tape one time of what uh, Joe Morello. Okay. All that stuff. And I was just like, just blowing away. It was probably the reason I do listen to some of that stuff. Sure. Was listening to Joe Morello play. Yeah. And then another friend of mine was the guy that wrote the Shelly Mann book. Oh, yeah. And Shelly so Mann's one of my favorite drummers. You listen to some He's of that stuff, tasty. and it's like, God, this guy, you know. Yeah, that stuff just swings so hard, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you... It, you know, yeah. I'm probably guilty of not paying attention to who's playing on Those what. Those guys are both very light. So some, some jazz guys these days... 
they have like this insane coordination, but they're just, when they're like comping on the snare drum, they're just hitting it so hard. You're almost not even supposed to be able to hear the snare drum comping. It's really about the symbol in jazz, you know, I'm serious. Yeah. Like they, it'd be like if, yeah, they just, they keep throwing rhythmic ideas into it. I, I just, you know what I mean? I watched <laughs> rock the snare drums a little more front and center, but jazz is supposed to be kind of a little behind most of the time. <laughs> I was watching Fred Armisen's uh, comedy for drummers. Last oh yeah. Night. That sounds great. I saw it when you know, it came he's out. He's a customer. He's a customer. <laughs> I just saw that again last night. Yeah. And uh, when he talks about going to see a jazz band and yeah. he just goes, does this whole thing on the cymbal. And then every so often drops a snare beat in there. And I just started laughing. And, <laughs> but yeah, I'd love, I, that's who they should get at the drum show. Fred Armisen? They should get Fred Armisen to get up and do like yeah, he'd be half an hour of that. He's a good, good drummer too. And he's a good drummer, yeah. He, yeah. he actually came to the New York shop and they did a walkthrough, him and the girl from Portlandia. That, yeah. That silly kind of like. Uh, he's a genius <laughs> he's like he's, yeah, he's like the, he's <laughs> like you know he's in that category with with martin short yeah martin short is nothing short of genius to me yeah. and fred armison's right there with him I, there's fred armison's characters and fred armison's style of humor and stuff is just like yeah. <laughs> I, I love that guy. it seems like probably one of his great skills is the ability not to laugh like to keep a straight face. Yeah, when he's he keeps doing that deadpan look. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he's not the guy that it's he's kinda, not like Jimmy Fallon where he breaks up in every. He probably spit. like meditates to be able to get that level yeah. of control over. <laughs> but yeah, he's great. Yeah, I, Portlandia, <laughs> what a what a riot. Yeah, have you ever been to Portland? Mm -hmm. I've never been there, but yeah, it's, it seems like it's. It's a, Got a bunch of friends out there, and it's quite a place. And the uh, '90s never died in Portland. Yeah, want to want to go out there. <laughs> go to revival yeah yeah there are there are there are friends we like we always like kind of sometimes we'll buy stuff from them some you know <laughs> jose is a great guy absolutely he's just one of the nicest guys you ever wanted to meet <laughs> and uh i they'll probably come to the show this year maybe they didn't last year I I, he didn't remember. last year he i hope they come in, he came in a couple years ago i know because a hike for them yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah because if he's coming on a buying trip then they then they got to drive it Otherwise, he's Jeez. just flying. Got a whole big mountain range to go over. That'd yeah. be a, that'd be a beautiful drive after you got. Uh, actually, you know, I, I want to do that someday. That would be a fun drive, Chicago to Portland. I thought, I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sneaking up on <laughs> retirement here. I'm, I'm, yeah. The 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 gold ring just keeps getting farther and farther away. I was just like, I'm going to retire at the end of the month. Oh, we got this job to do next month. You know, it's moved out to next month and the month after, you know, <laughs> and like out of some absurd loyalty, I'm sticking around and <laughs> I mean, my company has been good to me, so I can't complain. Sure. But, uh, you know, retire and get to do this. What are you thinking? How many more years do you think? Oh, there's no, there's no years. Oh, wow. So yeah, you're like, I, yeah, yeah, you're ready to I'm go. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're looking forward to it? Oh, you know, like driving sure out to, to keep Portland. Busy. Make sure to, yeah, oh, keep busy. Yeah, you got to do stuff. I live in a 120-year-old house. There's always something to do. Oh, and, that's, uh, that's great. Is it like uh, uh, prairie style or It is prairie or? style, but it's big. It's not like a bungalow. Oh, that's it's awesome. It's bigger. And, uh, like, two, like those two-story, it's like yeah, a big two, square two kind story, of? Two-story, yeah. We got no kids, and we have five bedrooms. So. Jeez. <laughs> that, that kind of house is kind of... 
I, I recently just drove from here to Peoria. It was a thing that my wife was doing out there and we stayed in a hotel. It was great, but it's so cool when you drive through the, uh, the country and you can see the really old ones are kind of like, uh, colonial revival. I think they call them. Okay. And then they're that, but then the ones that were made like kind of your age house, they're all those big, beautiful prairie houses, man. Those would be, I only talk about, I hope I can buy one of those. One of these days in, a, in the Chicago area. Good luck. It's going to yeah. be like $5 million. Buy any house. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, I'm looking right now. It's everything's so expensive. <laughs> I always date our house. Oh, six. 1906 because mm. the um they talk about the guy that owned a, a a couple men's clothing stores and helped start the park district and all that sure moved to rockford built a house on Corey's bluff okay that's our house so you know like a little bit of the family history yeah that's, some of the history that's and, great um, good probably beautiful like woodwork all over it yeah <laughs> They don't, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> couldn't afford to make them like they used to, you know, yeah. except for the, some of the, the codes, you know, so your house doesn't settle and bend all out of shape like they used to. Yeah. It's, it seems like we just have like completely different priorities nowadays, but I guess, yeah, if you were to build a house completely the way they did in like 1905, it would probably cost like maybe double what, oh, what, yeah. uh, jeez. <laughs> and then it's doable, but. Yeah, it's yeah. Does your didn't they like not have insulation back then? It would be like uh, kind of yeah. just a, oh, a yeah. wall yeah. and then air and then another wall. Yeah. Does be, your place have like uh, plaster and then it had, they, yeah, they, wood lath and plaster. Lath. <laughs> and um, I stripped the living room out about four years ago and gutted it and put it all back together. And did you do plaster again or did you just do we drywall? just did drywall in the living? Sure. You know, and it was, <laughs> I come home from a gig the most humid day of the year. Yeah. And uh, a big patch of the old plaster fell down from the ceiling. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. Oh, jeez. And, and ended up gutting the living room and putting it all back together. And Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's probably a lot of work, but it's probably kind of uh, it's really rewarding. good feeling. Yeah, you know, I, I spent too many years <laughs> goofing off playing in bar bands. <laughs> I should have been working on my house. <laughs> sure. Well, hey, as long as you keep busy, yeah, because oh, you know I, if you yeah, you gotta have purpose. I I keep busy. <laughs> That's one thing I thought. Yeah. You know, there may not be any payoff at the end of it, but I'll I always keep busy building something stupid or. Sure. You Do know, you have a lot of tools over there? Oh yeah, I'm like. I was buying some tool at a garage sale or an estate sale one day, and a guy goes, what is that? I go, I don't know, but I don't have one <laughs> like sure. that. And he laughed. And, uh, That's funny. Hey, you probably got some, like, you got, like, a whole woodworking shop? No, I, that I don't have. I, um, I've had stuff offered to me for nothing, yeah. and, and but I don't have room to house it all too many drums <laughs> yeah space spots taken already yeah, yeah. i mean i got you know I, more industrial tools you know uh, i do more more of that weld stuff together i do a little welding sculpture and hmm. make some stuff out of metal <laughs> cool and uh that's awesome man i got a guy sitting on a sitting on a stool in my front yard and his head is a drum Oh, I was actually just going to ask you. Do, do you do any drum yeah, art? <laughs> and he's uh, he's playing his. He's got a drumstick in each hand, and he's playing his head like a drum. Nice. But he's all made out of rusty metal and pipe. 
<laughs> That's so. cool, man. Send yep. me, uh, made send a me a picture. I will. Send me a picture and I'll put it up so people can see it. <laughs> I did. I made a, a gazebo out of rebar. Nice. And, uh, it's yeah. good to recycle, too. Yeah. It's kind of, I like that found art stuff. Yeah. You know, you made a made this out of that. Cool, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah. Welding, that's a good thing you know how to do probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can make any little kind of tool you need or piece oh, kind of missing like piece in your house. Well, a few years ago, a doctor told me they were going to put a defibrillator in me. Oh, okay. And they go, well, you can't weld. And my face just kind of... Oh, because the electricity... Why couldn't they tell me I can't work? <laughs> you can't work. You can do anything else but not work. That would have been great. But they go, well, you can't weld. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, what's well, that a problem? And I'm like, well... I, uh, I do it for a living, you know, I do it on, on my job and I, it's kind of a hobby of mine and it was going to be part of my retirement. So she says, let me cancel this and we'll, um, let me do a little research. She was, I think she was hip to this alternate style that they had. So they did this other style one and I kind of snuck up on it. It took me a couple years to, to, you know, I just got frustrated and go, you know, I had a guy welding for me. Okay. And he was terrible, so I was give me that. You know, and, <laughs> and so I, is it the risk of shock? Uh, like, like, uh, um, like, but then you'd have to touch it, right? Yeah, that's gonna you, hurt you anyways. Like, well, I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what the uh, it's, magnetic it's field the, or something. The generator, the magnetic field, like like high frequency welding, like TIG welding, is supposed to be really, you know, <laughs> don't do, don't be around that, don't do that. Oh man! Well, I just you know I do some wire feed and some stick welding and yeah, I'm not real good. You know, but sure, you know. is your is your health holding up these days? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm probably healthier than I you know I'm definitely healthier than I was. You, know. you had like a heart attack at one point. Or I didn't have a heart attack. I uh, just had some. It was more of an like an electrical glitch. Oh geez, and maybe it was all the welding you were doing. Maybe it, no, yeah, <laughs> the magnetic field well, messed with you. There was some damage done from some medical treatment years earlier. Oh, I see. Like, like twenty or thirty years earlier. Fix one thing, and then something else breaks. Exactly. It's yeah. like your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we played a gig at the club, as we call it, um, and the one guy in the band handed out these uh, key fobs to everybody like you start your car or you like unlock your car doors with sure. but they all said drummer restart on them <laughs> so that was the big joke you know my first gig back after i had the defibrillator surgery and they go, anybody <laughs> sees randy nodding off just hit the button you know? that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was the big joke you know <laughs> friends like that what else do you need and, uh, oh man you're a lucky guy <laughs> yeah, i i am i'm i'm a lucky guy <laughs> dodged a bullet and got a bunch of great friends yeah well yeah i'm glad you're doing well and yeah i mean we we can even do this again at some point yeah you know we're I, you're, you're pretty local so and you're gonna be out there yeah. i don't get in here sure. as we often should do as... a group one with like me you my dad maybe like a round like, table yeah, yeah like one, one of the like you know myriad different people that you mentioned from the drum show <laughs> i've got a couple more microphones i can hook up i think <laughs> and yeah it'll be Right during the drum show, the the temperature in here will be perfect. Yeah. A little chilly right now, but <laughs> it's not. It could be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah could for be sure. worse. <laughs> but yeah, Randy, anything else you want to get get into or? Um, yeah, it's it's, it's your show. Yeah, um, I think we 
we covered a lot of a lot of bases know. here. You know, it's just like <laughs> as far as you know what I think. It's you know opinions. Everybody's got one, you know. So sure, you know, it's just I do what I do, and everybody should just do what they do. Yeah, you know, and you know, I like collecting drums, and I like hanging out with my friends, uh, having friends that collect drums. That makes it even better, you know. And <laughs> we, uh, so like I say, anybody, anybody that listens to this, come to the Chicago Drum Show and introduce yourself. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a great time. Randy will have a booth. And then we'll have a booth where we're not going to bring too much stuff. If and we usually just buy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you buy a lot? You don't buy. It's just it's everything. I used to buy a lot. Yeah. I used to buy a lot more. Um, and uh, what was funny was years ago at the drum show, club date kits, tricks on kits, standard kits. You couldn't give them away. Yeah. They're all the hottest thing now. Yeah. Yeah. And. Sure. <laughs> It's just like you could buy one for 300 bucks all day long. Right. And now, you know. Maybe it's just that there's a limited supply. And well, it's just that people finally got hip to them. Yeah. You know, they got hip to how good the tricks on kits were. You know, sure. And, and how good the club date kits were and stuff, you know, and the standard kits, you know. Yeah, man. But, even, yeah, Ludwig standards. You, you can even do do pretty well on those. Yeah, they seem to be. You know, I had a couple that were beautiful. Those are imports, like no, the, they're they're they were American made. Oh, I didn't even know that. I always thought that. I those think that were, was when they started importing the hardware. You know, had those round like the what became so, the rocker lug. So they were just uh, three ply shells. Interesting. Yeah, and but lighter, much lighter hardware, which I think opens them up a lot more. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody said they were B shells, and they were trying to compete with. Pearl export. Right. They were trying to compete with all the import stuff. Right. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. it's interesting. Yeah. And, but they just couldn't with the price. It was, and then later, so the rockers, though, those would have been made overseas probably. Uh, I think the later ones were. Oh, okay. I don't think the earlier ones. I get were. all these in here, and I was just kind of assumed that it was. Yeah, uh, the standards were, you know, they had their own line of finishes. Yeah. You know. I learned new things every day. I just, I just recently learned that. The Rogers 380 was made by Yamaha. I could see that. Yeah. R380. And yeah. there's an R360 and there's an R380. I had an 1812-14 <laughs> Blue Ripple kit. Okay. A 360 kit or a 380. It was 360 kit, I think it was. I don't even know the difference. I had 380, but they seem well, like they're like, the same. Well, you look inside the drums, though. It looks like the Japanese kits with the the vertical grain instead of the horizontal grain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went to buy a drum set and the girl was moving up from this little set to a bigger set right. <laughs> and i bought this blue ripple uh 18 12 14 and i of course i got rid of it because who would play an 18 inch bass drum i wish i sure. had it now you know? yeah that's actually probably hard to come by i think the 360s maybe <laughs> those were because this this one that i saw it was a 380 and it actually had the yamaha what was really cool about it. their their signature thing is that Instead of, you know, each ply has like segmented <coughs> their, the, their, their ply instead of being cut like that, it's at an angle. Yeah. And this kit had that. Huh. So it was very obviously <coughs> made by, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, Yamaha. Yeah. Very surprising. Very cool. I never, <laughs> I never, yeah. Yeah. I gotta get a drink of water. But yeah, man. Yeah. We're probably signing off here, you know? Yeah. Thanks for listening everybody and come to the drum show. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you at the drum show.